You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I want to talk about avoiding quitting as a new trainer. And it can be tough. There's a big attrition rate in the fitness industry for personal trainers. People start as a personal trainer and they think, oh my goodness, this is going to be a cool job. I love this job. It's going to be so amazing. And then you go down this process of starting and suddenly things are not as simple as you thought they might be. So for instance, let's start with this. I want to try to help you understand what to expect, or as we oftentimes say, let's help to manage your expectations. So number one, the first expectation is you're probably going to have to get certified, and that's you listening to this podcast and trying to be up to date on some information and things like that. And there's the study guide podcast episodes that uh, if, if you don't have them and you're studying for the NASM CPT-7 then uh, I did do a study guide on it. So you want to reach out to me, uh, email me, rick.richie at nasm.org or hit me up on Instagram. You can DM me, dr.rickrichie. And I'll send you links to the podcast just so that you have the links to the shows that have the, the CPT7 study guide, which is also good just to revisit if you have already taken the exam and passed, but but you'd like to brush up a little bit on that, then you could do that too. But studying can be difficult. I remember when I studied for this exam uh, and I was reading, I had, I had read one textbook all the way through because I thought that was the exam I was going to take. And the reason I was going to take that exam is because it was cheap. I was going to take a cheap exam. And then NASM created a partnership with the gym I worked at. And NASM was like 30 bucks cheaper. And I was like, well, I already read this textbook cover to cover, but for 30 bucks less, I'm going to read another textbook because I am broke. So I I went and studied NASM and I got to be honest, it was not an easy thing to do. Studying can be challenging. And then knowing that you've got to take an exam, sometimes taking the exam is challenging, especially if you do a proctored exam, then it's like a whole nother layer of, ah! So that can be that can be tough. Also, what can be tough is looking for a job. You want to do this, but finding a job and getting a job can be challenging or at least nerve-wracking. But I will say this, for those of you who are concerned about it, there are a lot of gyms looking for personal trainers. Lots of gyms are looking for personal trainers. And I remember when I started, um, and this was this was in the Stone Age, but when I started years ago, uh, you couldn't be a 165-pound male uh, at 5'8 and be a personal trainer. Like, they just didn't hire little dudes at a lot of the gyms I'd gone to. And so it was really nice that somebody took a chance on me. And if you've not heard that story, I'll tell it again someday. But, you know, that, that can be challenging. But now there's so many gyms and there's so much variety in who gets hired don't put those constraints on yourself. Like go out and look for the job and see if you can get the job. And then to be honest, like if not, then just start trying to train people on your own. 
and your own outreach, which is another thing for another time. But I will say this, if you're working for a corporate gym, you get the job, you now have to get the certification. And now all of a sudden you have to clean things up. You got to clean, you got floor hours, you got to walk around on the floor and they are going to make me say hi to people. If you're if your response to saying hi to people is they make me say hi to people, then go get a different job. Like this is not a job for you. You get to say hi to people. You get to talk to people about fitness. You get to spot people. You get to give a little instruction, ask for support if they need it. There are a lot of things that you get to do. I have to clean up. You get to clean up. You get to clean up. And when you show pride in what it is that you do, then people look at you differently because I felt that way when I first started. I felt that way. I hated cleaning up. I hated tidying up. And there's a big difference between cleaning and tidying. <clears throat> tidying is like putting things away. Cleaning is cleaning. So you're getting the dirty stuff clean. And I was like, I got this job to be a personal trainer. I didn't get this job to clean. Well, they gave you that job to clean. And then if you're good enough and you sell enough, then you'll be a personal trainer. So you got to step up. And so I, I just hated it. I was bored all the time. So I cleaned and I cleaned so much and I would be so bored sometimes that I would just clean everybody else's section. And that's when people would come in and be like, hey, is Rick working today? And they'd be like, yeah. So they'd look at the schedule. Yes, I probably don't have to clean my section because Rick did it. I got a lot of work because people saw me working. People respected the fact that I was working because there are a lot of people who didn't work. A lot of people who just walk right by and there's a tissue on the ground. They'd walk right by. There's a towel on the floor. They'd walk right by. There are plates. There are dumbbells. There's clips. There are all sorts of things that you could have been there. You just walked right by. There's no pride in what you do. You're just here and hoping somebody will, will be like, hey, you know that guy that just walked by and leaves everything dirty and doesn't care about the place? I want to train with that guy. Hmm, doesn't happen as much as you think. Um, but showing pride in what you do will. Here's also the thing where people are like, hey, I got into this job to be a personal trainer. I didn't get in this job to sell. And I've spoken about this before because one of the things that makes it very difficult for a lot of new trainers, it's not so much the studying. It is not so much the floor hours. You just know that's part of the job. But suddenly you get tossed into this role of a salesperson. And you're starting to get into sales and you're like, I got into this job to be a personal trainer. But the question is, you know, uh, if, if you're not selling, then you're not training which kind of takes us into this thing of sales, right? So sales is a, is a big component of what the job is. And this is where the, the, the training wheels fall off. And you got to really, you got to really be able to balance on this ride when the training wheels fall off. And that's when you have to start doing the sales. And one of the things that happens, you get these complimentary sessions that you give to people. And my suggestion is do as many complimentary sessions as you can. Do all of them. Take them from other people. Just snatch them. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Be ethical, but be ethical and do as many as possible. And the reason I say that is because people like to train with trainers that train. And they don't know you're doing free sessions. They're not, they don't know you're doing 
giveaways. They don't know that this is just your orientation session for when you start at the gym. What it looks like to everybody is that trainer trains all the time. And people like to train with trainers that train. You ever notice that sometimes the T sound in words like TR sounds like a CH? Train, 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 ch, tr. Anyway. Uh, also, sometimes you just don't feel like you're worth the money. You get to the end of those complimentary sessions and then you're like, hey, for a single session, it's this much. For a five pack, it's this. For a 10 pack, for a 12 pack, for a 20 pack. And inside your head, you're like, I don't feel comfortable doing this because I wouldn't pay that much for me. I'm not worth it. I wouldn't pay that. I thought that all the time when I first started as a trainer. It was like, I can't remember. It was like 85 bucks, maybe 75 bucks for an hour session. 85 But I was like, this is crazy. I made $7 an hour working the floor. And I'm asking somebody to suddenly pay $85? No, I wouldn't get an $85. You know that. The gym getting their 85. So I'd get like 20 bucks, 22 something, which is more than minimum wage, which is seven bucks. Like I was, I was proud to do that. I was happy to do that. But I realized that a lot of work that needed to be done was doing a lot of those $7 an hour floor hour shifts, complimentary sessions. And then when it comes to whether or not you're worth it, that's not your decision to make. You don't get to decide if you're worth it. They do. They do. So when you are like, I wouldn't pay $85 for me. Well, the price of the session, especially if you work for a corporate gym, $85. I mean, it's a lot more now, probably. A hundred bucks, 150 bucks. I don't know. $6,000. Cool. Any of those, any of those prices are fine, provided there is value in what you're giving them. So it's not about the price. It's about the value. So the price is the price. You are the value. You have to show the value. What do you do that makes that $100 an hour worth it? And I got to say, it's, it's got to start by giving them a great experience when you do those complimentary sessions. If that's what you do. You got to give them a great experience. And then don't stop. Don't stop giving great experiences. Once they sign up, they sign up again, they sign up again, and you have an ongoing, long-term client relationship because the value you give them. So I say early on, work your butt off and ride that wave. But you got to build that wave up high in order to be able to ride it. So build your business. So I, you, don't, you don't like sales? doesn't matter. Do your job, which is provide value. And at the end of providing value, just tell them how much it costs. I don't like rejection. Nobody does. Such is life. On to the next one. At the end of the day, it's a numbers game. If you provide value, people will buy into you. I want to point out also that management can be really short-sighted a lot of times. And by, by being short-sighted, they're going to give you goals to hit. And that it's not short-sighted to give sales goals. Don't get me wrong. 
but how they go about it and, you know, the sandbag and provide discounts and, uh, you know, let's just hit numbers, let's hit numbers. And so you kind of steal from next month to get them to sign up early to go to the, that's fine. I don't, I don't do that. But ultimately, my job as when I was managing is to ensure that the trainers built relationships with the community at the gym. So build your relationships, build your relationships and, and give back, right? Be there. And instead of trying to sell them something, just ask if you can give them a spot. Instead of trying to sell them something, ask if you can give them a towel or grab a water for them or be present or, hey, at the end of your session, I'll be over on the mats if you want to do like a five-minute abdominal burn at the end to wrap it up and provide value. Build relationships. Do stuff complimentary because you are building a relationship within the community. Now, don't provide your own discounts. I, I don't say that. So if it's like a 10-pack is 10-pack and you're like, but if you buy a 10-pack, I'll give you two on the sly under the table. So it's really 12 for the price of that. I, I don't like that at all. I didn't like that as a manager. I didn't like doing that as a trainer. But I also knew why people did it because, you know, you as a trainer, you're trying to make money too. And if you can give them 12 for the price of 10 instead of 10 for the price of 10, and then you just give them two free sessions, I get why you would do that. And you can do that when you own and run your own business. But when you work for a company, I just say don't do it. I, like, I don't do it. I own and run my own business, too. And the price of the session is the price of the session. In fact, if you buy a lot of sessions up front, it doesn't matter to me. It still costs the same amount as one session, you just buy a bunch of them. I don't discount bulk sessions. Doesn't mean you couldn't, doesn't mean you shouldn't. It's just that I don't, but I'm in a good place for myself where that is not a necessity for me. Um, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't prove your value when you're a commodity and you discount what you, what you use. So just be really, really firm in how much you provide to them. That's what I think. Don't give your own discounts. Be helpful. Be helpful to people. Um, clean the gym. Uh, work out. I think this is, a, is one that we don't think about a lot, and I found it very helpful. Work out. As a personal trainer at the gym you work at, go work out at that gym. And then a lot of times I suggest make sure that name tag is off. Make sure the, the branded corporate gym shirt is off. Because a lot of times people are going to talk to you when you're wearing the, the shirt. Because they'll be like, if I talk to them, you're going to try to sell me something. But when you're just wearing like the old boy working out shirt over here, old girl over here working out shirt, then all of a sudden I can be like, hey, let me ask you a question real quick. Because... They want to ask you a question and feel like they're not going to have a pitch returned back to them. So don't pitch anything. In fact, don't pitch anything unless they're interested. At the end of it, just be like, that's awesome. By the way, if you're ever interested in training, let me know. And that's it. Like I, I never, never did that ABC technique. Always be closing. Always be closing. Always be friendly. I like that one. 
So just working out allows people to see you. And I like that. Um, what else? I like this one. Be nice. Be nice. I used to tell people all the time, like, that's the secret of success. Being nice or being kind. Uh, not always, but it is. It is very helpful. There's a example I give, like, if a, if a client walks by and you're just kind of standing there and as they walk by, you don't say anything and they don't say anything to you, but you don't say anything to them. Were you nice? No. Because there's a difference between being nice and not being mean. I just wasn't being mean. <laughs> I wasn't nice. I just wasn't mean. You walked by, I didn't say anything to you. You didn't say anything to me. Was he nice? No, he just wasn't mean. Well, flip it. Just be nice. Say something. Hey, how's it going? I hope you're having a good workout. Right? Just give to people. Present to people in a way that gives value or gives validation I saw how hard you were working on that bench press. That looked awesome. I'd be proud of myself if I were you. <sighs> Give something. I do like this one. It doesn't mean you have to do it. It kind of sounds bad in this day and age, but there would be um, a group of singers that would come through on the subway stations in New York City, and they would sing the song. It was like older gentlemen, and they would harmonize, and it, it was fun. They would always be fun to listen to, and at the end... One of the guys would say, and remember, smile, and they would all say together, it won't mess up your hair, right? Smile, it won't mess up your hair. Um, I don't suggest going around telling people to smile, um, but I'm going to tell it to you. Like Sometimes you don't have to say anything. You just give a little head nod, give a little smile, acknowledge somebody's presence professionally, right? So just being clear about what I'm talking about a professional in the gym that you work at just greeting somebody with a look and a smile being nice without actually vocalizing acknowledging that's it a little head not up head not down head not up is usually designed for people that you know head not down for people that you don't really know all right. I think you should also look at consider finding a mentor in the gym. If you're new in the gym, find a mentor, find the trainer that's been there for 10 years and be like, hey, what did you do? How did you do in the gym? What can I watch you uh, train people? I want to better understand your thought process when you do things. And it doesn't have to be a formalized mentorship. You just need to have that person at the gym that you're like, they really know what they're doing, and I want to be more like them, so I'm going to just try to emulate what it is that they do. They are a non-consenting mentor. <laughs> and what I mean by that is just find people at the gym you look up to and be present around them, kind of shadow them. I, I think you should also ask if you can kind of formalize it a little bit if you don't mind me watching you train. But if not, then just kind of creep at the end and watch them train anyway. Learn, but learn from the people that do it the best at your gym. Learn from the people that do it the best. Again, it doesn't have to be formal. You can get formal mentors, but it doesn't have to be. And then finally, kind of the last thing. So we talked about uh, know what to expect or managing expectations. We talked about sales and the trouble with that. Uh, finding a mentor, I always think is important. But then the last thing is specialization. I think it's important to specialize. For me, 
Mine, as a new trainer, I, I got into a specialization. It was corrective exercise. And when I got into corrective exercise, anybody that had a shoulder thing, a back thing, a hip thing, an ankle thing, a knee thing, they would just be like, oh, that's why Rick does that. Rick does that. Rick does that to the point where I was so tired of working with corrective exercise people. I was like, I just want to work with somebody that can do box jumps. You know what I mean? Like I, I enjoyed doing the corrective exercise, but I was feeling left out on the other parts. And so, you know what I had to do? I had to find my own clients because people wouldn't direct those clients to me. Any other trainer would say, I can do that. But the other trainers were not the best at corrective exercise. And so they might send people my way. I think it's also important, like specializing in certain ways. There are a lot of, there are a lot of things out there, like High Rocks and Spartan, and you know, like these games, these obstacle courses that can be really cool. Like my buddy Josh, he's a great example of this. Yeah, I'm talking about somebody that has like a niche. He was an extreme racer. He was an extreme racer, and it it provided a really unique niche of people, but a lot of people would train with him because they were so impressed that he's the guy that would run 100 miles in a row, just running 100 miles. I know, it doesn't make sense to me either, but he did it, and I trained with him. Why? Because I just want a piece of whatever is in your head, not just in your body. What is in your head that makes you push like that? Let me learn from that. And then the other thing that I would start to direct you to do is to, to teach classes. And I know it's not for everybody, but teaching classes, I don't care, dance or Pilates or yoga or boxing or kickboxing or the AAA workout, arms, abs, and booty, right? These are focused classes on those body parts, conditioning, cycling, sports performance, combine prep, ninja optical course prep something specialize and teach classes i got a lot of business early on because i taught classes i had a lot of business i had at least one person a week that would come up to me at the end of a class and we're like hey just curious do you also do personal training and i would be like yes i do how can i help you that's the sound of my voice when i was teaching classes that's all it's worth Anyway, I hope this helps, and I hope it helps for a lot of you that were even looking at burnout, which we talked about earlier this week. They, these kind of things can help with burnout, too, but it just helps avoid getting to that place where you're like, I don't know if I can do this for you new trainers. Just think about these things. Also, think about this. Go into the platform that you listen to this and like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family, and leave a five-star review. Um, any other reviews that you'd like to leave, don't. Just stop. Just forget I said anything about the reviews. If you want to reach out to me, you can do that. You can email me at rick.richie at nasm.org or hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickrichie. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast. <laughs>